Welcome to the Empowered Modern Witches Show. I'm Tanae Stewart, the Witch of Lupin Hollow, and a self-love and empowerment coach. I'm here to help you embody simplicity in your spiritual practice and to feel confident bringing empowering magic and rituals into your real daily life. Join me each week for practical insights on the seasons and the stars. Okay, all right, hello everyone. Welcome to our live today. I'm here with Sarah from the Holistic Business Academy, who I love and she's amazing and you're gonna love her too. Uh, we're gonna be talking today all about how to create a holistic business. Um, I know we have some wonderful spiritual business owners here in the group. Um, so you guys are gonna love this. It's gonna be awesome and really great information for you. So I'm just gonna bring up the live on my phone so we make sure we see your comments. All right, and make sure I turn it down so you're not getting an echo, <laughs> inevitably. All right, hello, Sarah. Thank you for being here today. Hello, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to get to chat with you and to, to share with everyone. Yes, I know you're gonna share some really good stuff. Sarah's always sharing like the best, best insights on her Instagram, <laughs> always, always. Um, so tell us a little bit more, Sarah. Tell us about what you do and what your story is. Yeah, so I am a holistic business coach, business strategist. I work specifically with healers, makers, mystics, uh, folks who have like really beautiful gifts to share in the world. And I find that a lot of those folks maybe are challenged by the business side of it. Um, that just because we have amazing gifts to share doesn't mean that we are naturally great business owners or have those skills or have learned about that before. So my background is in sales and marketing and communication. I did that for my entire life uh, before having a spiritual and emotional crisis and quitting my job and becoming a professional tarot reader and herbalist and just blowing everything up. <laughs> Super normal, but I bet a bunch of you have had similar experiences as well if you're in this group, right? The, the, uh, the tower moment. <laughs> it was also around my Saturn return. So there you go. Um, and I came on the other side of that really passionate about merging these two worlds, spiritual work, work that is really meant to care for folks to envision a new way of um, like living in the world to keep it pretty low key. Um, but with the fact that I have all of this experience in sales and marketing, which I realized there was a real need for. So that's my story in a nutshell. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I think that that is definitely very relatable. I know I can definitely relate to blowing up my my very, you know, comfortable, cushy, <laughs> normal life um, and, and leaving that to do this. Um, so yes, I think that's super relatable. Um, I would love to hear more about I know that you, I love that you specifically work with like spiritual business owners and people who have these gifts, right? And there are, there are some amazing spiritual business coaches out there. And I would love to hear kind of like, what is your, what's your thing? Like what, I know for you, it's like holistic business. So I would love to hear, you know, what that really means to you and you know, how it's different from what other people might be talking about. Yeah. So I developed this concept of holistic business over the course of a few years, noticing the problems that I was having myself even with my skill set, um, growing a business that was sustainable and supportive. And I'll talk a little bit about what I mean about that specifically. And then definitely seeing that as a major issue in the spiritual wellness space, in the, in the, um, in the creative spaces where we have folks who tend to be uh, givers, 
nurturers, carers, um, people pleasers, no offense, you're, you're in good company with me, uh, and folks who have a tendency to put themselves last or to really um, be struggle with some of the kind of cultural assumptions around what success looks like. And uh, a lot of folks um, are really carrying kind of a cultural burden of things like hustle, uh, what I call toxic productivity, this need to kind of validate existence through um, monetary monetiza monetization actions, I guess. And I noticed it myself, even though I had these skills um, and marketing and sales communications for 15 years for small businesses, corporations, magazines, um, I knew how to do everything. And yet I was finding myself burnt out. I actually... Um, I'm in recovery and I relapsed on alcohol. I had major like mental health issues in the first couple of years of my business. And I realized that I kind of missed this kind of fundamental piece, which is that a business, especially if you're a very small business owner, you're a solopreneur. Um, and if you are like a tarot reader or a healer or an astrologer or something, that's a lot. It's probably mostly just you, maybe you and a very small team that you need to be part of your business, <laughs> not just your passions, but like you as a human in a body, in a community on this earth. And that's where this idea of holistic business came from. Not a holistic, I mean, yes, we have holistic wellness and there's a kinship there, but holistic as in whole, the sum of who you are being taken into account when you grow, form, shape your business. And how that then creates different systems, structures, and ultimately, for my purposes, strategies for sale, selling, marketing, and creating work, you'll end up with a different result if you start from the place of, oh, human in a body who needs to be cared for and nurtured and supported. And that's what I think is the big difference between my work and a lot of the folks who teach really fantastic, um, very kind of a very spiritually focused stuff, or people who just teach pure strategy, like here's how to use hashtags on Instagram. Like that's not my scene. I'm really interested in the intersection between those two points. You as a person, you as a spiritual being, you as someone who has a value and ethic that derives from a spiritual experience of this world, how that intersects with the practical aspects of growing a profitable and sustainable business. And that intersection point, that's where I thrive. And that's what I'm bringing to the table. I love that. I really love that. Because I think that that's so true, that when we're starting to build a business, whether it's, you know, it's a hobby, it's a side thing, or if it's, you know, going to be your full time situation, um, it's so it can be really hard to wrap your head around that. Like, how do I how do I build this so that it really supports me so that it really represents me and my values like we think that there's all of these things that we have to do or we're supposed to do and even like you're saying even someone who like theoretically knows better I know I've totally been there you know where you're like I know how to build a business I know you know how to have like the connection and the human aspect and like I know how to do that but sometimes we still get disconnected from it like it's so easy to do um so I really love that you're focusing on that aspect because I think that is really unique like even the coaches that I've seen or coaches that even the coaches I've worked with who you know sometimes have sort of some of that intersection like I feel like it's not not necessary. You know, it's still about the business. You know, it's still not necessarily about like what do we individually need. Yeah, 
there's this interesting piece where, you know, we, we kind of come, a lot of us come to this work after having worked for other people, right? We've had jobs. <laughs> That's how, how most of us get our business training is by being employees. And it's not uncommon for folks when they switch to being a founder or creating that side business or, you know, or creating a full-time business to carry a lot of that employee mindset. It's really common. But I do think that if you are in trying to make a business that's having a big impact on the world and one that really reflects the way that you view the world and want it to be, which I think is what I see with a lot of spiritual entrepreneurs, um, a, lot of, a lot of mystics and a lot of makers, like we're trying to change the world. <laughs> um, I mean, even if that's just in the sense that like you're working one-on-one -on -one with people and helping them to change their lives, like that has this massive ripple effect being an employee for uh, any kind of regular company isn't going to train you how to do that, how to actually sit in like the core of who you are and what your impact, what you desire your impact to be and figure out how to infuse that in every aspect of your business. And this is actually why I think a lot of, I'd love to hear what you think about this and what you've seen, because I think this is why a lot of small business owners run into major trouble when they get hyper-focused on, um, on platforms and certain strategies, like, I, I always make fun of hashtags. Hashtags are, matter if you're using Instagram, but it's a, it's this thing where it's like people get hyper focused on oh if I could just find the right hashtag my business would be successful and it's like that isn't going to solve the the misalignment of having a business that depends on you hacking hashtags in the first place because chances are that's not what you're trying to do you're not an influencer, you are here to do work with people. Yeah, yeah, I think that is definitely so true. Like, I find and I mean, I've certainly done it too, right? Like, Same. we've all done it. Um, to, to some extent, we all think, you know, like, okay, I'm gonna build this business. I'm like, there's certain things that I need to do. And, and it's so funny. I definitely have found that, like, at the end of the day, the most important thing in our business is talking to people and is connecting with people and, you know, is actually like having that engagement and, you know, understanding one another and having conversations. And the beautiful thing is that we have so many of these platforms that can help facilitate those conversations that can bring us together. I mean, especially in the spiritual witchy community, you know, before social media, most of us didn't have access to anyone that, thought the way that we did or felt the way that we did. Um, so, you know, on the one hand, it's so amazingly powerful. And on the other, you know, we can rely on it so much and it can become such a crutch to say that, oh yeah, like, you know, oh, this one hashtag is going to be the perfect thing, you know? And for me, having been in business for quite some time, you know, Loop and Hollow has been around for five plus years and I've had a variety of random businesses before that. Um, it's so interesting how things change so much, so much. <laughs> you just can't rely on anything long-term except to yourself and your connections. You can't, and I love that you mentioned that because I am definitely on a bit of a, a rampage about this right now. So I'm gonna share it with y'all, um, which is that, you know, social media will not save you. It's not going to save your business. And I love that you mentioned this, you know, connection. I mean, social media is so powerful. There's a reason that as business owners, and especially as witchy business owners, where it's like, where I grew up, there was one like kind of neo-pagan shop. And then I would like 
sneak into the Barnes and Noble and like read in the occult section and hope nobody noticed. Like that was my, I was like me and Silver Ravenwolf, BFF and Barnes and Noble. Like that was, that was my like introduction. And like, no, it's, this is a fantastic world. You can learn so many different modalities and so many different tools and so many different perspectives. It's wild and actually interact with people. I love social media. I love the internet. Don't get me wrong. But exactly what you're saying tonight, which is that these things change. So we get hyper-focused on this present moment. We get hyper-focused. It's, it's almost like a distortion of, of presence in a kind of positive spiritual space of like, like being here, be here now. Apologies to Ram, da- Ram Das, but like that, you know, there's, we, we kind of get hyper-focused in the tech of the moment as if that is the solution. And it's not because it's going to change. Um, Anyone remember like Zanga and LiveJournal? Those aren't around anymore. They used to be a major way to connect with people. And um, there's probably some of you here who are young enough who do not even know what that is, right? And if you had said it like three years ago that TikTok was going to be something where people were successfully growing businesses, I would have laughed at you. But also with the caveat that like, you never know, right? And now I have customers who are making huge audience growth using TikTok. What? So I think this gets back to this core piece, which is that, yes, you have you, just as you said tonight, your community, your connections, and ultimately your skills. And that's the other piece I'm really interested in, because I think that this is where my my rant comes to a, a solution, I hope, which is that so many folks, and I understand why, as a marketer myself, it's a way easier sell to be like, here's how to, here are the three steps to using this platform, this way to get this thing, like, that sounds easier. That's easier for us to wrap our head around. We can follow those steps and get that solution. What I'm interested in is helping you learn how to think <laughs> like a business owner. Think like somebody who's creating connection and creating value in the world and doing that in a way that stems from who you are. And when we do that, it doesn't matter what the platform is. The platform is not the strategy in business. Just as ultimately, you know, you know, you are not the person who is healing someone else. Like the vessel is not the the thing that matters. It's the communication that we're putting into it. And when we look at business through that lens, it radically shifts where we put our focus. And I think ultimately creates more space for, um, yeah, more authenticity and self-expression because we're not trying to hack a social media system. We're trying to, as you said, Tanae, talk to like humans. <sighs> Weird. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I have my um, like welcome emails, which I'm sure lots of people here have received um, when you sign up for the newsletter, right? And it says, you know, reply, it gives a little, you know, funny little bit about me and then says, you know, reply and tell me about you. And so many people reply and are like, wow, like, I can't believe you're asking for a response. And then when I reply are even more shocked, right? Like, oh my God, you actually got this and read it and responded. And I mean, just that right there, you know, and and obviously like to an extent, like that kind of really direct one-on-one interaction is only so sustainable, right? Like when you're getting hundreds of emails a day, like you're not going to be able to do that. Um, But I think that there is just so much value in finding ways to do that, whether it's one-on-one or at scale, you know, it just having those kinds of conversations, you know, I think that for everyone here in this group that's watching this, you know, this is such a, a good example of that kind of a space where like we can use social media in such a positive and connective way. Um, but at the same time, 
many of you might have noticed that you're probably seeing less and less even of our stuff because things aren't being seen. There's something going on with the Facebook fairies and the people aren't seeing stuff. And it, there's so many factors and you just can't rely on that as a business owner. You know, you have to have multiple different strategies going, you know, multiple different ways of connecting with people because you just don't know when stuff is going to change. And that, I mean, I've seen it so many times in so many ways, you know, for, let's see, 2006 to 2015, my mom and I owned a flower shop in a very, very small town. And we bought it right before the recession. And we had, you know, originally had employees and all of the things. And we had to lay everyone off. It was just the two of us. Basically, the two of us ran it, just us, for like eight years and six days a week. And we had no marketing budget, right? I mean, we had no dollars. We literally, there were days when we made no dollars. <laughs> there were many days when we made no dollars and at a point I don't even know when it was it's probably a couple years in we started a Facebook page you know I was like oh this is like a new thing you know we'll try it out Facebook became it was the only thing that we used for marketing we did like one like holiday ad per year we marketed on Facebook and ran you know a very successful business that way there's absolutely no way you could do that now <laughs> there's no way I don't even post to the Facebook page anymore, the Loop and Hollow one, because nobody sees it. <laughs> yeah. But you learned things about communication, about how to use the internet, about creating connection and community that you're still using today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think yeah. that that's a really good point that, you know, we have all of these strategies available to us whether it's as a business owner or just as someone wanting to connect with community, um, but especially as a business owner. And the, the actual actions, the actual communications, they don't, those don't change. Those are the same across platforms. It's just about sharing authentically and connecting with people, being real. The platforms are gonna change, they continually do, but the connection doesn't have to. Yeah. And, you know, when we look at business through this holistic lens, when we actually start again from this place, like you are a human in a body, like you are in human school already. And like quick side note from like someone who used to work in corporate marketing, just in case you all aren't like kind of super conscious of this marketing is designed to help large corporations fake being actual humans. Like that's like what marketing is. They're trying to do what you already are. And that doesn't mean you don't need, you know, to learn how to communicate effectively. I think that's a huge part of what every small business owner needs to do. It's so much of it is just how to say things in a way that actually convey meaning to your potential customers and convey value to your potential customers. That's like most of the game. But marketing as like a like a big kind of thing, that's for large companies that are not humans. Like that. So you already have a major advantage. So if we start your business from this place of being a human then you also get to use the skills that you truly have. How do you talk to people? How do you have conversations? How do you let people know uh, like things that are going on in your life? And that those things will shift. Those platforms will shift. The way that you communicate will shift. But you will still have all of the things that you've learned from being a human. <laughs> and then eventually, yes, a business owner as well. 
And that holistic lens kind of helps us to, I think, recenter in the skills we already have and then further develop them in alignment with those goals instead of feeling like we're fighting against them, which is something I hear from a lot of folks when they're trying to implement, you know, and I call like shiny object strategies, right? Again, poor hashtags, I'm going to pick on them, but it's like, you know, here's your top five hashtags for the day or whatever. Hashtag, again, hashtags are important. I'm not saying not to use them or something, but these shiny object strategies, they tend to feel dehumanizing. We're trying to like force ourselves into somebody's like very rigid framework. And instead, what if we can learn why those things work, learn how to communicate effectively, and then apply them the way that works for us? Because also, I mean, frankly, what works for me, like in my my brain, my body, my skills, my gifts, it's not going to work for all of my customers. It's not going to work for everyone that I support. They're different people, <laughs> right? So when we look through this lens, you can actually create a business that like builds on your skills. Like today, like what are some of like things like, here you go, top three skills. What are like your top three gifts as a, as a business owner? Ooh, um, definitely writing, definitely writing. Um, I think the like kind of the authenticity piece where like, I don't even realize I'm doing it. People are like, you're so real. You're so authentic. I'm like, oh yeah, um, sure. Awesome. <laughs> it's just being, yeah. <laughs> and I would say that has always been the case. Even when I did work in kind of, I never really worked corporate, but in, in kind of a more corporate setting, you know, I was just always like, yeah, this is, <laughs> you're gonna this do is it. what you get, um, <laughs> which has always worked well for me. So I would say authenticity. And number three, um, I think a vision. I've always been really, really good, whether it's on like a, a very practical level of like being able to visualize like, okay, we're, you know, we're renovating and this is what I want this space to look like. Or, you know, I want this kind of experience for this program or something like that. Just like really being able to really clearly visualize it and then, you know, kind of bring it into reality. Sounds like some witchy stuff to me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah like writing, I'm similar. Writing is also a skill of mine, but I work with a lot of folks for whom writing is not a primary skill. It's not something they enjoy. It's not something they're good at. It's not something they necessarily want to develop um, beyond what is kind of required for running a business. Because writing is a very useful skill in business. I think it's pretty critical. But it doesn't need to be your primary thing. So if you don't like writing, then maybe Twitter is not the right place for you, question mark, right? I see people try to, I mean, that's a, kind of a silly example, but kind of like try to shove themselves into certain platforms or certain strategies because it works for other people or somebody sent you a Facebook ad saying this will work for you. And you're like, well, I might as well try it. But if you hate writing, then Twitter is not the place for you. Medium is not the place for you. Like blogging is probably not going to be your thing. And it sounds really, I think, kind of very simple when I say it, but in the context of how people talk about business, it's often ignored. Your skills and gifts, your differentiating points, those are what will build a sustainable business for you. I'm not surprised that you have been blogging and writing and creating for years because you're great at it and you like it. It makes sense and it works for you, obviously. Right, yeah, and that is so true. And you know, it's really interesting that I feel like this conversation is obviously so applicable to business, but also so reflects our spiritual practices as well you know I mean it's the same thing like if you're a business owner and you're watching this and you're thinking like oh you know how do I find the things that really work for me it's the same way that you find the things that really work for you in your practice you know tarot doesn't work for all of us pendulums don't work for all of us meditation doesn't work for all of us you know we have to find the practices that really really feel fulfilling 
rather than the things that we think we're supposed to do. You know, I think a lot of us come into this path and we think, oh, you know, we need to learn to really in depth understand tarot without the book. And we need to, you know, be able to meditate for 20 minutes with, you know, no music. Like none of us can do most of those things, first of all. And second of all, you know, you have to find the things that really, really work for you. And business is the same way. It, it completely is. And I love that you're sharing that analogy because I think that sometimes for folks, one or the other is an easier place to kind of knock the door and explore. I have an easier time trying um, things that are new or different for me actually in the context of business. I don't know why. I find that much more easy than in my spiritual practice. But I know for a lot of folks I work with, the spiritual practice is an easier door into some of those development spaces. But I mean, I'm sitting here laughing. I was like, 20 minutes of meditation without music, lol. Or like a pendulum. Yeah literally never going to happen for me. I don't have the patience. I don't trust my body enough. Like this is just my things. I'm like, I cannot use a pendulum for the life of me. It is, it's just, I'm like, like, Oh, this is pretty like it's nothing. But tarot, I love words. I love talking. I love thinking tarot for me is, has always been a major go-to. So it's the, this like self-knowledge as a key to sustainable supportive growth in a business or just in life in general like that's, I think, where like where the where the, the interesting pieces are, and that's where we can start to create stuff that really is is visionary. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think that as soon as we can kind of let go of that idea that you know we have to build our businesses a certain way, or that, or even that you know, I think sometimes we kind of know, like, okay, you know, of course I get to break the mold. You know, like I, I'm already breaking the mold in my spiritual practice, right? But we still kind of think that like, but there are still strategies that they work, right? And I should do them. Um, and that is a really hard thing to break out of. And I think it totally applies to both our businesses and our spiritual practices, because even those of us who've been at this one or the other for a very long time, it can still sometimes you can still get in your head about it and feel like, well, you know, I have to, I have to keep posting to the Facebook page, even though three people are seeing the post, because if someone goes and I haven't posted on it in like two years, it's going to look bad. Like we just have to let it go. You know, we have to let those things go that really are not our truth and just don't feel good and feel right. You know, you're, you're kind of getting it somewhere, which I would love to talk about a little bit, because I think that it really ties both of these pieces together too. again, the spirituality and the business, um, because you're kind of starting to talk a little bit about like boundaries and priorities, right? Like there's like, okay, so we have like these things we're supposed to do, um, but the Facebook page is such a good example. We still post to mine and I definitely am like, okay, it takes me three seconds to do this, but also why? <laughs> Like two people see it. Um, the only reason I do is because they've made it easy to do it. If it required any more effort, I would not bother. Um, but one of the first things we do inside my program, the Holistic Business Academy, is have people work on uh, their needs and their desires. And I actually start to separate those pieces out for business owners, but I think we can do this spiritually as well. Um, in that, especially business owners starting out, um, as I said, and if this is any of you at home, I say this with a lot of love. I say it because I've worked through it. But a lot of the people I work with, they are last on their own to-do list, right? Whether that is because of other um, responsibilities in life, whether that's because a lot of folks who do healing and spiritual work tend to be yes, very nurturing, very giving, um, will always show up for their, their, their readings and their sessions and never show up for themselves. If that is you, 
you are not alone. This is very common. <laughs> caring caregiver and people in caring professions tend to be that way. It includes therapists, social workers, like a lot of a lot of giving people, nurses, right? And herbalists, all day. <laughs> Today's just like shaking red. Yes, yes. <laughs> we, are, we are familiar. Yeah. Right. Um, so the first thing that I recommend people do is actually sit down and figure out what they need. And I mean that across like different categories in your life, right? How much big question for business owners, here's your pro tip. When you're starting a business, figure out how much money you need to make. I know it sounds silly, but a lot of times folks I work with haven't done that yet, whether they're concerned about um, seeming skeezy for needing money, whether they're, you know, there'd be a lot, of, there's a lot of very uh, harmful spiritual talk around like you shouldn't need money, money is bad, like you shouldn't charge for spiritual work. Like, cool, you wanna pay my rent? Like I, I'm here for other opportunities, you know? Um, so we have to look at some of this stuff. How much money do you need to make? I don't even mean your dream money. That's in the desire section. I mean, like what pays your bills or what if it's a side job, you know, what are you looking to cover? What expense? Like, why are you doing this financially? Okay. But then we also need to look at your needs, like in terms of your boundaries, what are your responsibilities? What are your non-negotiables? Uh, for folks I work with who have children, oftentimes that's a scheduling thing. I have to be available after 4 p.m. because my kids are home and that's my time with them. They need help with homework, right? Or this past year with Zoom school, you know, I have to be essentially available nine to five if I have to hop on Zoom and like help do them, help them do something or watch them be on Zoom school, right? These things, when we bake them in on the baseline, that's like the beginning, then we don't run into as many of these problems like, oh, is it worth doing this? Oh, I can't believe I'm still doing that because you've started from a foundation of having your needs met. And that is actually kind of radical in business space. We don't talk about that. We talk about what our customers need, <laughs> we, right? But we often don't talk about what we as actual humans need. Once we've done that, then we can look at our desires. Then we can look at our dreams. I'm a big fan of like big dreaming. Like today you were just saying, like having this vision and bringing it into reality. I'm like, let's like make some wild goals. Let's figure out how to make really just amazing things happen. But that is built on a foundation of caring for yourself first. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like I feel like this is a conversation that's like finally starting to happen more and more in the business space. Like I've read some really good books lately that have, you know, kind of been more on this, this topic of like, how can we actually, I mean, even just on the money side, right? Like, how can we say like, this is what the business needs to make? Not like we need to cover the business expenses. Like, no, we need to cover the business expenses and your expenses. <laughs> and yes, as business owners, sometimes that takes longer than we want it to. Yes, I can attest. Yeah. But some of it's sticking with it, you know, and some of it is making sure that we've created something that is actually functionally able to do what we need, you know. And I mean, it's the same thing, like just to, you know, tie it to the the spiritual practice analogy. Like it's the same thing as when we say, you know, okay, I want to have this practice and these are all of these different things that I would love to do. And in order to do them every day, it's going to take me three hours. And, you know, I work eight hours a day and I have dogs and children and, and the life and need to shower, right? Like you don't have time for a three hour ritual or I don't know, maybe you do, but I sure don't like, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> not going to happen. So, you know, we have to be both like realistic and, you know, build in the, the things that we really need 
our practice and our business. It has to fit our financial needs. It has to fit our schedule. It has to fit, you know, not be the only thing in our lives. You know, it has to leave room for everything else. Um, and sometimes that's easier said than done. And sometimes it's a work in progress. But I think especially if you are a new business owner and you can start out with this, that is definitely radical. It'll change the game. And it, I, I see this a lot, though, you know, spiritual practice, same thing, or folks who, you know, in order to make any decision in their business, want to do a three-hour tarot ritual or something. It's like, yeah, like maybe for big decisions. I love doing rituals. I do a lot of spirit work. I love doing a spirit working, like, you know, to make a big decision or when I'm having a hard time discerning something. But I can also do that in 10 minutes. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be three hours. And it can be 10 minutes, just like with your business, when that is part of that regular practice we're talking about, right? 10 minutes a day is enough to build relationship um, over time. And often that's better than three, three hours, and then you don't do it again for a year. Right. <laughs> totally. Totally. Well, and yeah, I mean, and that's a great point too, right? Is the like the sustainability, both in terms of we need our, our businesses and our practices to sustain and support us, but also it needs to be sustainable in that we can do it consistently. You know, I think probably the biggest tool in business is consistency, whether that's being consistent posting content or whatever, or if it's just consistently showing up in some way, like we have to be able to have some kind of consistency that still makes sense for our lives. You know, that's not like I'm being consistent at the expense of my time or my schedule or my health, but nonetheless, I am being consistent and I am putting in the work and I am showing up. Um, and you know, the same thing goes for our practice, you know, especially if you're talking about like spirit work or something along those lines where like, you're really, it's the same thing, right? You're building a connection, you're building a relationship and you can't just show up three hours for one time and expect that that relationship is going to be solid. No, quite the opposite. You show up a year later and you're like, oh, hey, bud. And everyone's like, who are you again? <laughs> That's true. But I, I like that you mentioned, you know, consistency is, again, when we look at it through this holistic lens and we start with kind of this almost like boundaries first approach, if you will, needs first approach. And that consistency is something that actually fits into your life. Like you were saying, um, you know, one of the things I think has been very kind of, um, I'll say harmful, but I think discouraging, especially the beginning business owners, is the idea that consistent content creation means posting every day, every, you know, whatever, like you have to do, have to do the podcast every week and the blog every week and the download every week. And with much love and respect to her, I blame this on Amy Porterfield, who <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. Um, who has, with the help of a team and also being a very particular kind of person, because Amy's a particular kind of person. I think she's very smart. I think she's lovely, <laughs> but um, has created like Amy is extremely consistent. And Amy tends to be one of the first people that a lot of people meet in um, online business land. And Amy's kind of consistency is not for everybody. Your kind of consistency will probably look different, especially if it is just you doing it. Amy has a team of people well, and that is such an important thing i think that i didn't really understand about business until fairly recently in my career of it right is like most of the not all but most of these big business people that you're seeing online they have huge teams i mean they are like full-blown companies like they have like 10 15 20 people working for them like some full-time right they're providing benefits like they're major employers <laughs> As opposed to, you know, the Loop and Hello team has two team members aside from me now. And it's very exciting. Very exciting. We love that. That is so exciting. Oh, my God. 
And I feel like, oh my God, we have like a full on team now, uh, you know, and, and the thing is that, okay, these, you know, 20 person teams that have all of the ad budget and all the things, like, it doesn't mean that you can't grow to that, but it means that that kind of consistency, it, it's not one person showing up every single day, all day long to provide stuff. And even us, when you see a smaller team, right? Okay, yeah, Loop and Hollow can now create more and do more because it's not just me. But it's still a three-person team as opposed to a 20-person team versus a single person trying to show up and do it all. And I was that single person trying to show up and do it all. And it didn't work, right? I had to, I'm trying to show up and do it all on really crappy internet. <laughs> Nonetheless. I cannot, I literally cannot upload a YouTube video. It's physically impossible. I, I can't do it. It will oh crash the internet. <laughs> that, that is like so, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's terrible. But I am, I am making a change with that very soon, which is very exciting. Yes, announcement forthcoming. But I've been doing it this way for years. And, you know, you make do with what you've got. You both make your business and your practice and your life fit what you've actually got to work with. And you recognize that, you know, other people have different levels of resources. They have different time, amounts of time. You know, I mean, it's it, it's one of those things that like it, it applies to every situation. It applies across the board. Like we just can't do the comparison thing. It's, and, no. <laughs> and, and like, yeah, and rant. But, you know, I see this in spiritual practice as well. You know, I used to be so um, jealous, I guess is the right word, really kind of challenged by, especially on Instagram, people with these beautiful photos. I am so bad at like photography and graphic design. It's just not a gift of mine. I have good taste like looking at things, but I'm not like a creator of visual things, if that makes sense. I used to, I, I was an editor in fashion magazines, which is really all you need to know. Editors don't make things. Editors judge things. I'm also a Libra, so there you go, right? Editors assess, they don't create. And so I'm like, I've seen people, he's like, all oh, these beautiful like crystal scapes with their tarot cards, full moon ritual tonight. And like, you know, it's like, they're so elaborate and beautiful and this beautiful poetry. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, man, I am, I'm gonna go to bed, right? And we do the same thing in our businesses. We do it in our spiritual practices. We see the outside of people's stuff and make assumptions about what it took for them to do that. And kind of back to what we were saying earlier, you know, that those people are really brilliant visual people who take great photos in addition to whatever else they have. That is not me. So that, that outside comparison thing, especially in business, you do not know what pe what is going on behind the scenes. Just because someone is doing something doesn't mean it works. That's like one of my major things on this kind of, uh, shiny object strategy versus kind of learning actual like foundational skills. So you don't know if that strategy is working just because people are doing it. You have no idea until you try yourself, right? So we make a lot of assumptions. Um, yeah, Amy Porterfield, love her. Also having like a freebie download for every podcast episode, which she did for years. I don't know if she still does. Th that is wild. Don't try to do that. <laughs> Um, and that's where, again, these needs, these boundaries, coupled with like, your gifts, your skills, your areas of interest, that's what's going to create the sustainability. That's what's going to create a holistic business, not seeing what other people are doing and assuming that you can and should mimic that. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I think that this is so important because like you're saying the, the Instagram spiritual practice thing is so real and and Pinterest too, right? Oh it, my gosh, yes. It's so real. And it's like, it is so hard to see that and be like, oh, this is what, you know, my practice could look like. And this is like the vision I have of my practice. But now how do I feel in any way empowered to make it happen? And the thing is, like, we can use those platforms to feel empowered to make our practice or our business exactly what we want it to be. But it takes, it takes guidance. I think it's something we can't really do alone. Like social media is not something that should be consumed alone. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, we need like, like, like social media consumption support group in community, help with the discernment. <laughs> absolutely. And business too. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I've learned is, you know, I was totally a solopreneur of, you know, little weird side gigs that I did forever. Um, forever. And then when I really started Loop and Hollow, and it was originally, I mean, like a hobby blog, and then it became, you know, like a little tiny side business thing. And then there was a point where I realized like, oh, this is a real, this, this can be a real thing. Um, and it took, it took a lot of signs for me to believe that that was true. But, and it wasn't really, it wasn't until I joined any kind of group, a business group that I even had really the understanding that it really could be like a full-time thing. Right. I joined, a, I remember my very first business group that I did. I don't even remember if it was like a monthly thing or six months or whatever, but very first thing I joined, I really, she spent most of the program convincing me that my business could be a real thing and support me. And like, clearly I was already, I knew it could be a business because I joined a business program, but like, I was not there of really believing that this could be a real not only a real business, but really support me, right? And so, I mean, really being part of business groups and communities has been the only thing that has like continually helped me, you know, keep growing and keep moving forward and keep getting clarity on like what it really means to support me and all of the things, you know, it's like, they're really not things that we can do alone, our, our practices and our businesses. And yet, like, I think so many of us in our spiritual practices are solitary, right? We practice alone. We don't necessarily belong to a coven or something like that, but we are still really served by community. And I feel like business is so much the same way. Yeah. We're not really designed to be completely solitary. And I say, like, I'm an introvert. I'm pretty happy being alone. Like I'm, I'm, I'm good. I can entertain myself just fine, but we're supposed to be situated in communities and there's a real lack of that culturally, especially for those of us in the West. Um, like that's like, I won't, we don't have time to go into the, the dissolution of, of community and uh, cultures that are not intact, like Western culture, but um, you know, we do need that. We need to be mirrored. We, we need the sense of, I don't know if safety is quite the right, but like security that comes from having other people help us see things that we can't see. That's like how humans work. <laughs> we, we work in community with other people. So yeah, even if you're, you know, practicing yourself, even if you, you're a solo entrepreneur, a small, you know, solo business owner, having other people around you to help you see things, to help you recognize, to help you be aware. Um, and I love that. Yeah, today, like, I mean, good job, coach, who is like, you can do this, have a full time business. Often, we need someone outside of us to to point us in that direction. And that's okay. I know a lot of small business owners, I think a lot of spiritual folks feel like they should be able to do everything themselves. 
having a holistic business or a holistic practice that that centers your needs and your experience is not the same thing as um, buying into individualism as like the the primary like uh, way of navigating the world. You can take care of yourself and and center yourself while still being in community. You're not like a, you're not like failing because you need help. We all need help. <laughs> Absolutely, could not agree more. I mean, I think that our embracing our spiritual practices, especially when it is in some way, you know, different from what society expects of us, and running a business, like these are maybe two of the like hardest things to find a better adjective but no it's no. They're really it's hard. hard they're really hard and that doesn't mean that they're not amazing and beautiful and brave and you know all of these really really amazing experiences but they are hard it's really hard to break the mold and do something different and whatever area of your life that's in, whether it's in your practice or your business or something else, your relationships, I mean, anytime that we are stepping outside of what society tells us we're supposed to do, it is really hard. And it really does take a community. Like we cannot do it by ourselves. I mean, and business, especially business and spiritual practice, but business especially is so much about the shadow work and about the, you know, the excavation of like really breaking down our understanding of what we need and, and what it means to be in business and money and all the things. And you just, you can't do that by yourself. You need a support system. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I think that's, you know, and like, like I'm someone who runs programs. So I'm like, programs are cool. Highly recommended. But also like, you can just make friends. Like it doesn't have to be a big thing. If you are in a place where locally, you know, at this point, it's like safe to gather, like there are tons usually of like local small business groups and meetups and like, often they're called networking events, but you can also just go there to like meet other business owners who have similar problems. Like this is, it's, it's crucial because it, shockingly, we can't always see ourselves clearly. We don't, even though we know ourselves very deeply, we also have the, that, those shadows, the, the, the challenging beliefs, the old habits, the old patterns deeply ingrained. It's good to be around people who can help you to explore things beyond um, your current perception of them. Absolutely. Yes. So important. So important. Well, that was a really unintentional, I swear. Um, really good segue. But tell us, Sarah, about your amazing program and the webinar that you have coming up. Yes, that is a good unintentional segue. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I run the Holistic Business Academy, which is a community for healers, makers, mystics, spiritual entrepreneurs, like a great place to find your biz bestie. But um, what do we do inside there is teach the holistic business framework. And that's the system that I created after my own up and down in terms of trying to grow a business that I actually enjoyed. Weird idea. Uh, and then working with clients and customers on that process. And we use this system to, first of all, help you become a business owner. Like today, I was just talking about shadow work. Like we start from that place of like, what are the limiting beliefs? What are the challenges? I have a very uh, psycho spiritual neuropsychological approach to this work kind of weaving these pieces together and from there we learn how to grow a successful sustainable profitable business um, by teaching you those foundations i've been talking about right less hashtag strategy more how to communicate effectively so people actually understand your work and are excited to invest in it those are different things 
I help with the one where people want to buy your stuff um, and doing it in a way that's ethical and aligned with your values and what feels good for you. Uh, so we're doing a free training on July 13th that I would love to invite y'all to come. It is called uh, Attract Your Ideal Customers Without Doing All the Things. So we don't need to do all the things. I know all of you are already too busy. If you're like anything like the people I help, you are, maybe you're doing the Amy Porterfield thing. You're trying to make a freebie download for every podcast episode. You're on every social media platform. You are probably hustling or completely kind of stuck in the face of all the things you're supposed to be doing or think you're supposed to be doing. In this training, we are going to walk you through the holistic business framework so you can learn how to readjust those expectations and actually prioritize the things that matter in your business, including you as a human in the body. So I would love to invite you to join us. And I think tonight has the link for that um, in the show notes. Yeah, in the description of this live episode, there's a link for the webinar and there's a link for the Holistic Business Academy. Um, and if you're listening to this on the podcast, um, we'll have the description of that in the episode as well. Or the we'll have the link to that in the description of the episode. Words are really hard today. Words are hard, but yeah, I'd love to have you come. Of course, the training is completely free. We have a full training, and then at the end, we'll share a little bit more about my program. I also, I mean, I don't know. You've been listening to me talk for a while now. Um, I, I do a good q and I love talking to folks. So I will also stick around and answer any questions you have about running a business, a spiritual business, anything you want at the end of that. So I hope you'll come and join us live. It'll be super fun. Awesome. Rachel and Alyssa in the comments are, are thinking about signing up. Yes, you guys should definitely grab. I love awesome. great, great uh, members here. Um, so yeah, sign. there's a link in the description. If you can't find it, just tag me. I will send you the link. I know Facebook has been hiding stuff all over the map lately. So yeah, find it. Just let me know. Um, but it's going to be really awesome. I'm really excited for you. And yeah, I think that it's exactly the perfect kind of a space, you know, the business communities that I've been a part of and am a part of really, I mean, the support that you get just by being in that space, right? I mean, it's kind of like the support that you get as a witch, as a spiritual person being in this Facebook group, right? Is really just being around other people who are interested in and care about the same things that you do. Like that alone as a baseline is so freaking powerful. So huge. And yeah, I'm sure that, you know, today your communities are very similar to what we've cultivated, places that are really caring, very compassionate, where you can actually be yourself because you know you're with other people who have shared spiritual experiences, shared interests, and that authenticity that you were talking about earlier. Often in business spaces can be hard to actually share. There's a lot of pressure to behave a certain way and be six figures in six months or whatever. And hey, if that's your goal, I am here for it. But you know, we're a community of people who are trying to do a lot of different things with those different goals. Um, so I think that, yeah, it's it's just really transformational to be in a space where you can be yourself on your journey, whatever that is. Definitely. I love it. Awesome. All right. Well, definitely go and get signed up for the webinar, which is on July 13th. So if you're catching yes. the replay of the podcast, um, Make sure you get signed up before the webinar. Um, and thank you so much for being here, Sarah. Where can people find you? Uh, I am mostly over on the Instagram, uh, at Sarah M. Travels. You can come hang out there. I do free coaching every Thursday. So if you want to get to know me a little bit better, that is an awesome way. You can ask me a question um, over there, and we can chat a little bit. And I would just love to hear from you guys. If you enjoyed this episode, if you have any questions, that's the best place to find me. Awesome. All right. Well, go find Sarah on Instagram, get signed up for the webinar. And thank you so much for being here. This was a really, really awesome chat. I love talking about all of these things. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate getting to, to share with you and getting to chat with you today.
All right. Have a good day.